Welcome to the Wildly Elegant Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole. I'm joined by my lazy producer, Caffrey, who is currently sprawled out on the couch. Today I come to you from my apartment where my upstairs neighbor seems to be jogging around like an elephant. It's been happening a lot more lately, but I'll take it. I first want to wish you Happy New Year. My last two podcasts were recorded back in November, and then I got a little busy, but now here we are again, and it is the New Year. So I hope you've taken some time to do some self-reflection and rest up, and don't make too many resolutions because FYI, people don't usually keep resolutions. Try goals. They're much more attainable. For example, say... I think I'll do yoga for 30 days. That's a goal. That's attainable. So today, the fun fact about me, Nicole, is that I tend to spend a lot of time eating popcorn. Um, I really should be eating dinner instead, but I really just blame it on my parents. They're popcorn obsessed, and when I lived with them during law school, Every Sunday, we would make popcorn and watch Downton Abbey while their dog Clifford would bag the whole time. Now I have a great habit where I eat popcorn for dinner. It's kind of amazing because I'm an adult and I can make that decision, even though that's not a great adult decision. So carrying on with this eating trend, Caffrey has some fun facts today. So the story goes like this. Caffrey likes to act out when I work a lot or I'm not home. I can understand that. But before Christmas, he did something that I almost lost it. And then it was just so bad that I couldn't, I just started laughing. So one day, Caffrey decided to climb over the couch and grab a wrapped present from my counter. Inside this wrapped present was sea salt caramel hot chocolate. I had bought it from my assistant and I was so proud of myself for finding it. It came with a mug. It was so cute. But then I got home one day and Caffrey had managed to pry open the lid of the hot chocolate and it was all over my couch, all over my living room, which luckily doesn't have carpet. Unluckily, my bedroom does. He had gotten it all over my carpet in the bedroom. It smelled really good, but he did get sick. And I instead grabbed some Hershey Kisses and gave those to my assistant. Amongst other things, don't worry, I'm not that cheap. Just a little bit cheap. All right, so I'm introducing a new segment to this podcast. It's called Nicole Recommends. Today... I am recommending a few podcasts that I personally listen to. The first one is The Dave Ramsey Show. Dave is amazing because he tells it how it is. There's no messing around. He's very straight with people. And often I can now predict what he's going to say just because I've listened way too much. But they have three hours of podcasts every day, five days a week. And it's all about finances and getting out of debt and it's brilliant. Okay, the next one is called The Hilarious World of Depression. Um, If you think you don't know anybody who's affected by mental health, such as depression, you're wrong. Um, It is 
not talked about as much as it should be. And this podcast is trying to make a difference by talking about depression and what it's like and how you can help people who have it. And of course, there's a lot of other mental health health discussions in it, and they have comedians. And as it sounds like, it can be really funny. Next one is for you people who are interested in business. It's called Business Boutique, and it's by Christy Wright. Christy helps small business owners, particularly women, get off the ground, and she gives great advice such as marketing, um, how to use Facebook, or how to find your why about doing your business, which keeps you motivated. My last recommendation for a podcast is Dirty John. It is addicting. I think there's six episodes and I've listened to it one and a half times. And it starts where this guy comes into a woman's life and her daughters all think he's really weird. And each episode unravels more and more of his backstory. And the best part is it's a true story. It's great. It's very much like cereal. So if you enjoyed cereal, this one is for you. It's true crime. It's amazing. Today we're talking about community. This subject is near and dear to my heart just because I went through two years in Arkansas where that was what I had to do is create a new community because I moved there and I didn't know anybody. So it felt like I was starting from scratch. So the first thing I want to do is talk about some truths and lies about community. The first one I want to address is that it just comes naturally. It's easy. You don't have to work at it. That's not true at all. Sure, you have people from your childhood. You have your family and your friends, but you really do have to be intentional about it after you exit high school and college and you're not around those people all the time anymore. And you need to be aware of who you're really spending time with and who you're doing things with and are those good people to be around. So lie number two that we should debunk is that being around people and community and having friends is more for the extroverts in the room. That's not true. Uh, We all need to have community. We need to have those people that we can go to and rely on. This means a lot to me personally because I was very introverted growing up to the point where I was basically a mute for a year where I didn't talk to my best friend's mom. But I also have learned that I really need to be around people and I'm very extroverted as well. So I'm kind of a weird combination and I've read all these articles and I'm like, well, why, you know, why do I get so tired or whatever? But the point being that it doesn't matter where you get your energy, you still need to have your people who you can rely on and who you trust. And that's just what's important to us as human beings and for our psyche. This next one is a truth. And the truth is that community can take a long time to build, but it's worth it. I was two years in Arkansas. And when I moved home, I still felt like I didn't have the community 
down there that I needed. Now, looking back, I have found I have really great friends down there, but there was something a little different. It just never quite clicked. I mean, that was two years. You really need to just keep trying and not give up because community is extremely important. So if what we're saying is that community or building your community or your tribe, as some people are calling it now, I find that a little weird, but it makes sense too. So if it takes that long, if it takes over two years, maybe you need to continue to be present and you need to show up. You don't want to get discouraged. Um, You need to be intentional about reaching out to people. And when you get together with them, like I said, you need to be present. You need to pay attention to them. You need to think about how can you help them, not just what do I get out of this relationship. Okay, so now you've graduated high school, thank God, and you're in your 20s, maybe getting through your first job and it's like you're a big girl or a big boy, and yet it seems a little lonely. And you go to work, you come home, you don't necessarily have people right there anymore, like your family or your roommate. And if you're like me, you might live alone. I lived alone the second year out of college, and I loved it, and I also hated it. I went to my parents more than I would have thought because it just got kind of lonely coming home and being there on your own. So you need to find a place to go or a place to meet up with people so that you can build your community and that circle of people that you trust. So the next point with community is where do you make this community? Where do you find the people to build the community? Well, I am so glad that you asked me because I have a few ideas for you. My first tip for you is to think about what you like to do. Obviously, we like to hang out with people who have similar interests. So a great way to find your community is to start by thinking about what you would like to do with other people. And then you can find a group that does that. There's this thing, it's called the internet, and you can find lots of people on it. So check out the website, Meet Me. There are all sorts of groups, and you can sort it by city and like what you like to do. And usually it's moderated by somebody, and you can join that group. Say, for example, you like to go biking. Well, they might meet on a Saturday and all go biking. Or maybe you just want to hang out and grab a drink or something. That's easy too because there are groups, that, for example, that are like the 20-somethings. It's not like you have to be friends with all of them, but it's likely you'll find at least one person that you have something in common with. All right, the next place I would suggest finding people to spend time with and the place that I have had great luck meeting really good friends is church. It's actually a great place to get to know people. So one way 
you could do this is if the church has um, like a young adults group, you can get involved in that. I found that that doesn't really work for me. I'm not really sure why, to be honest. I've tried a couple of them and I just don't seem to click with everybody. But what I found is that I have volunteered at church and my volunteer work was working in the coffee shop, which is something I love to do because I've worked in a few coffee shops. And through that, I got to know my really good friend, Marianne, who is older than me, but we had a lot in common. Marianne and I met in Little Rock through the coffee shop at my church. And from there, we would go to wine and painting classes together Or we'd just go out to eat, um, find a good movie to see. And I'm heading down to Little Rock in almost exactly a week. And she's one of the top people that I want to spend time with. And it's really great because that's how we met. We both loved coffee. We liked to interact with people. And we liked movies and trying new things. Although I never did try the escape room that she suggested because that kind of creeps me out. Another thing we tried, though, was the salt room. You should Google it. It's awesome. I don't recommend finding your community of people at work. I do recommend being friends with people, but I think it's very important to set your boundaries because sometimes we need to talk about things that are work-related or sometimes... (laughs) (laughs) Caffrey... Okay, excuse the interruption. I had a minor distraction in the form of my dog who came over, put his head in my lap, and gave a large groan. groan. But that's why we have dogs. They're super entertaining. So we were talking about work and how I don't think it's a great idea to build your community from friends at work. And part of that is because if you confide in them on something personal... And then it's in the workplace. It can be very distracting to get work done. And it can be something that gets rehashed and rehashed and you never get away from it. And it can become really unhealthy. Another way to build your community and find the people that you want to share time with is by asking your friends if you can join them. And these should be friends that you have a great time with and that when you leave, you feel rejuvenated and refreshed and not drained of energy. So by asking if you can spend time with them and other people that they spend time with, it's very likely that you'll end up meeting other people that you want to have in your circle. So another great way to do this is to just take charge. Say, I'm going to plan a dinner. This is where it's going to be. I'm going to invite this person, this person, this person, because I enjoy spending time with them. And I'm going to ask them to bring somebody with them. And then we're all just going to hang out and get to know each other. I think that's awesome. I love planning. And I know maybe this isn't everybody's strong suit, but give it a try at least once. Just say, here's the restaurant. Here's the date. Let's do this. I did this with my friends from law school. 
when I would come back from Arkansas, I'd shoot out an email and say, here are the dates I'm thinking. I would love it if you could respond. And then the dates where the most people can make it, that's where we'll be. And we'll be at the local and it'll be great to see you. And that way I ended up getting together with six to eight of my friends and we just had a great time because they got along with me and they got along with each other. And it was so much fun. We called ourselves the lady lawyers. And finally, I've kind of, I've touched on this a little bit, but it's really important to invest in your friendships now. The people that you like to spend time with and that are healthy and they like to spend time with you. It's not about quantity. It's about quality because in the end you could have tons and tons of friends But it's the people who you've taken the time to get to know, invest in their life. Those are the people that will be there for you when you really need it. And all it takes is one of those people to lift you up when you really need it. Okay, so speaking of people, who are these people? How do you know who is a good person to spend time with? Because I'm sure... I can't be the first one to tell you that you become like the people that you spend time with. I've seen this for myself over and over again. I never really thought of myself as people pleaser, but lately I've been reflecting on it. And I think that's been a problem for my friendships. I just want everybody to like me as I'm sure many people do. And so sometimes I spend time with people who in the end, I realized that was a really unhealthy friendship and I, I've just been drained of energy and I didn't get anything back except feeling hurt. And a lot of them, I'm just not friends with anymore. And it's not because of anything intentionally done. It just petered out. So here, here are the things you should look for in the people to make up your community. One They should be people who support you and generally have similar values to you. That is so important because these are the people you go to for advice. You don't want to go to someone for advice if they have a completely different outlook on life. You never will be able to trust their advice. And that, we all know, is a big part of friendships. We like to have people who are sounding boards and to think things through. We want to be able to trust them. And if we disagree on the fundamentals, you can't necessarily trust that they'll have your best interests in mind in the way you think they do. It's not that you can't be friends with people who have very differing views than you. I do. I have friends who are so completely different than me, but they aren't part of my inner circle, the first people I go to. That's not them. I have my people who I trust will lead me in a way that is the best for me and aligns with my values. Another thing you need to be looking for in a friend who's part of your community is that it's a give and take relationship. It shouldn't be all about you doing, doing, doing for them. 
That is called a relationship that drains you and that's toxic. A good friendship is both people investing in the other person and both people taking time to listen and give advice where sought. But really a great friend, a great friend is someone who just stops and listens and they don't need to comment on everything. The next piece of advice about who you should be looking for for your community is that it just it shouldn't just be the first random person that comes along because even though you should always be kind and give people time initially, that doesn't mean that long term that's the type of person that you should rely on and spend your time with. You need to be discerning and you should spend time with people of character. My last piece of advice is this. We spend a lot of time thinking about our romantic relationships, about how we're treated in those, what we're getting out of those, and whether it's the right person. We spend a heck of a lot of time with our friends, and we're often not as particular about how they treat us, who they are, and how they how we feel when we stop spending time with them, or I should say how we feel after we spend time with them. The same standard that you have for a romantic partner, you should be having that for a friendship too, because you deserve to be treated really well. It doesn't matter if it's by um, your family, your friends, your spouse, They should all treat you very well. And those are the people that you should surround yourself with. All right, guys. So I have a listener question today. This is from Maddie in St. Paul. She says, I struggle with cutting toxic people out of my life, even when I know they're toxic, because I have this fear that I'll have no friends left. I want a community of friends around me, but I also don't want to let people walk all over me. How can I end toxic friendships and still build my community at the same time? Well, Maddie, I think that a lot of people would have this question. I know that personally I have had to struggle through this question myself. And I think the the first thing I'd want to say is that at the root of this question and how you're treated and how you perhaps feel you should be treated is that it's a self-confidence issue. And one of the best things you could do initially is take some time to reflect on why you feel like these are the types of friends you deserve and then seek out help to address the issue, whether it's through books or a podcast Um, seeking out some advice from people that you trust that you don't view as toxic. Don't go back and delve into this with the people you've identified as being toxic. And finally, consider speaking to a trained professional about it because this is a big question and it's a difficult one to figure out on your own. But let's move on to the next part of this question now. 
How can you end toxic friendships and still build community at the same time? That's two different, that's really two different things. How do you end toxic friendships? Well, sometimes you just straight up end them. No more contact. It's harsh. It's painful. But if it's toxic to the point of being almost abusive, sometimes that's the only way to go because otherwise the ensuing conversation could be that much worse for you. Another way is to just let it peter out. But unfortunately, that could be toxic for the other friend too. The other option is that you can be direct with them and explain to them why you're having problems with the friendship and see if you guys can work it out together. And if it doesn't look like it, then honestly, drop them and move on because you can't fix everybody and your mental health is extremely important. So the next part of the question is, how do you build community at the same time? Maddie, you're getting emotionally drained by these toxic friendships. So you probably don't feel like you have the energy to go out and make new friends. So the first thing I would say is try to think about who in your life, your current friends are that could support you during this time and go to them and just spend time with them and ask them if they have friends who you could spend time with, you know, can you be invited along to something? Can they set up a coffee day with all of you to just sit down and chat? I think that that is the best way to go about it. One final point I would make is don't get sentimental about a toxic friendship. Just because you've been friends with somebody for a long time doesn't mean that you should stay in that friendship. And if you do decide to cut out this friendship, you need to make that decision and you need to not re-engage and just focus on moving forward with healthy people who you really want to spend time with and who lift you up and don't tear you down. We're getting to the point in the podcast where it's time to wrap up. The quote of the week is from Martin Luther King Jr., The most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? Our action point this week is for you to make a list of people who you know have your best interests at heart, whose values align with you and who bring you joy. And then become intentional intentional about getting together. Maybe try setting out different coffee dates over the next week or two weeks and just be present and be with them. Thank you for joining me this week. This has been the Wildly Elegant Podcast. I look forward to having you back next week when we talk about the art of quitting. Quitting.